Welcome to HRI's Next in Health podcast. I'm Igor Belakronitsky, principal at PwC Strategy End, where I get to work with leading health organizations on their strategies and operating models. And I'm Jenny Colapitro, PwC's vice chair for health industries, working across pharmaceuticals, medtech payers, and providers. Over the past few weeks, we have been talking about 2023 and how health organizations can lead disruption through the downturn, not just riding out the storm, but actually leaning in and doing things differently in areas such as confronting affordability, disrupting costs, digitizing healthcare, and solving the clinical workforce shortages. And today we have with us two colleagues who have dedicated their entire careers to solving those issues out there on the front lines of healthcare. And so I'm very excited to welcome Alina Taylor, who's a principal in our provider practice. Alina works with health systems to design affordable, fit-for-purpose, and fit-for-growth models. And we also have with us Patrick Voigt, who's a managing director and a registered nurse in our healthcare transformation practice. And so today we have them with us to talk about what's new in making healthcare more affordable, more digital, and a better place to work for the caregivers. So welcome, Alina, and welcome, Patrick. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Alina and Patrick, you are out there every day on the front lines trying to solve some of these issues of affordability. And lately, as I've been chatting with you, you both seem really excited about some of the new developments on that front, some of the new approaches, tools, platforms, opportunities. So what are some of those things that are happening that make you excited and optimistic about solving some of these margin and cost and workforce challenges? We are very excited. So we all know that COVID has brought many changes, both good and bad. And one of the most exciting changes that many of us have seen over the past few years is the acceleration of technology adoption in new and different ways. And especially as we look now as providers emerge from the pandemic, but they're emerging into a really challenging financial environment, rethinking how we deliver care through a combination of integrating technology into our daily practices, simplifying operations, and providing an improved experience for both patients and for our staff is going to be essential as we work to maintain affordable care moving forward. And um, with this acceleration and adoption of technology and hybrid delivery models, I really believe that we're going to make an impact that will address the challenges that the nursing shortage is causing and the frustration of nurses. You know, studies out there show that approximately 20% of what a nurse does are those other tasks that don't allow them to work to the top of their license. And this coupled with this nursing shortage really requires that we transform the way we deliver care. And it's not really an option at this point anymore. Well, I'm happy to hear the enthusiasm and maybe let's dig in a little bit more into how these changes are actually going to come about. And specifically, I'd love to hear from you about the role of technology that could play both on the workforce front as well as on the cost front. What are some of the tools and algorithms and technologies that could help us do better going forward? Yeah, thanks, Igor. And, and let me set the stage here around why we need these tools, apps, and the hybrid delivery model first. During COVID, as Alina said, it really has disrupted. We saw hospitals experience a turnover of nursing staff that was really as high as 50% across departments. By 2025, one source in the United States says that we're going to have a nursing shortage of 200 to 450,000 nurses available for direct patient care. And this is really equating to about a 10 to 20% gap. 
Don't get caught up in the numbers because any of the sources you look at will give a different number around what the shortage is. But realize it's real, it's here, and it's going to continue to get worse. We're also bringing in new grads with less experience who need preceptors and mentors, but they're not always available to help them navigate the patient care journey. You know, I was fortunate when I started my career as an ICU nurse that I had resources that were really available immediately to support me. But this high turnover of experienced nurses has really stretched those mentors thin. So how do we address this? Organizations are developing hybrid delivery models in the acute care space. And I think that's important to emphasize the acute care space because a lot of work has been done in ambulatory. And this hybrid delivery model will be both physical and virtual nurses working alongside delivering care. Through the use of technology, we'll see that virtual nurses support the on-site team, for example, by completing admission assessments and med rec processes when the patient arrives to the nursing unit, or completing discharge process and patient teaching. They'll also act as a preceptor on demand when nurses are doing tasks such as dressing changes and wound care or line changes. Um, imagine the amount of time that is required to perform a lot of these functions that I just stated and meeting the physical demands of patients also. The physical nurses on site will now be allowed and enabled to provide more technical nursing care to prevent infections and complications related to immobility and positioning, for example, while the virtual nurses will be completing patient history, assessment, and documentation. There are also a number of digital apps that use artificial intelligence to support the clinical delivery of care and reducing those clerical and administrative tasks. And one great example of this, I can say, is around the pre-emission testing process, getting a patient ready for surgery, which is really quite cumbersome. Through technology and AI, we'll now be able to get the patient to the right level of visit, the right labs ordered, and get the right consults versus the labor-intensive process organizations currently have in place. And I'd like to just share one more example of a digital tool that I think is going to really revolutionize the way we provide care, especially in surgery. And this is around digital preference card management and transparency. So this digital preference card is going to give surgeons transparency into what they're using, into the cost per case. It'll recommend edits to the preference card and automate that. I can't emphasize enough how important it is that we manage preference cards and keep them accurate up to date both from a supply chain perspective, but also from a quality care and patient safety perspective. So there's also an incredible amount of noise in this space. And a lot of digital health companies have made promises have yet to pan out. And I know on one of our previous episodes, Pia had told us that a chief digital officer is the shortest lasting C-suite executive in a hospital. So help us cut through that noise. Elena, what results are you seeing and what do you see working today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jenny. There's many use cases actually build upon technology platforms that health systems already have in place or are in the midst of implementing today. And building upon those, we're able to begin to mirror those positive experiences that caregivers and patients have in other parts of their lives. So, for example, giving nurses access to their schedules on a simple-to-navigate mobile app instead of having to trek into the hospital, take a photo of a paper schedule that's stapled up on the wall. We're able to create that accessibility and transparency of information that really allows them to plan ahead and literally have the information that they need at their fingertips. So they're managing their schedules the same way that they can manage their weekend dinner reservations or anything else they're doing through their mobile device. 
through another vein, we can also allow managers to order supplies through a technology platform that could rival the ease at which I'm sure we all use a mobile app to order groceries these days. And the technology is available. We just need to redesign the experience and processes around it so that the full impact can truly be realized. I've been a nurse for over 30 years. And when I entered the profession, there was a nursing shortage then and there's one now. So even based on what we know, some leaders are really attempting to address this through small incremental changes into the delivery model. And we don't have time to wait since 50% of our nurses are over the age 50. I was reading an article a few weeks ago about the 10 things that Gen X and millennial nurses want from their hospitals. And I really had to laugh because what the younger generations want is what all nurses want. And a couple of examples of that is on-the-job support more flexible work hours, and wanting to be fulfilled. And that wanting to be fulfilled is allowing them to work to the top of their license and getting rid of and offloading these administrative tasks. So even with this, organizations are still hesitant to make bold changes in the way we deliver care. We have a lot of experienced nurses, those that are in their late 50s and 60s, who physically really cannot handle the demands of the physical patient care anymore. What a great opportunity with technology with hybrid delivery models to bring them back into the workforce, the virtual workforce, and be part of the care team and act as mentors and on-demand preceptors for the young novice nurses. I know we already talked about the chief digital officer and clearly just as you both have shared, digital holds promise for many areas in a health organization. Patrick, can you share a little bit about how other executives within the hospital setting are thinking about this, like the chief nursing officer, the chief financial officer, the COO? How how are they thinking about this? Great question. And I'm going to take it from the nursing officer perspective, speaking with them and what keeps them up at night. They're trying to figure this out and understand how are they going to address this virtual model, this hybrid model the shortage, the frustrations. And so speaking with CNOs and what keeps them up at night is trying to figure this out. And the questions that they're asking is, how do we get started? What technology will be required? Do we need a command center? How are we going to coordinate care between the physical and the virtual nurses and the handoffs that need to occur? What's the return on investment? And how will the RN to patient ratios change? These are really all great questions, but questions that need to be answered quickly so that they don't paralyze us in moving forward. Also, hesitation in moving forward while organizations down the street are moving quickly on this will make it more difficult to recruit and retain nursing in the workforce and talent pool. And as we look at other executives across the health system, they're all looking at ways to manage labor shortages, to drive a positive margin. They're adopting more efficient technology-driven solutions that have the potential to really focus the scarce caregivers that they do have on those highest value activities, while also creating a more affordable, positive experience for patients. This is such a great conversation and the density of insights, whether Alina, it's you talking about specific outcomes that can be achieved or Patrick sharing the frontline experiences of nurses and their considerations. This is fabulous. I know I'm going to listen to this a couple of times to get all the insights. And so let's maybe squeeze one last little bit of insight from the two of you. When I think about, Alina, all these technologies that you're mentioning and all these solutions, it's a little bit like being at a buffet. It's very easy to kind of load up on the first thing that looks good and fill up your plate and miss out on all the other great things that may be out there further down the line. So if I'm a health executive, 
at this digital buffet, what should my strategy be? What should I be putting on my plate? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is to focus on the areas of greatest impact. By that, I mean identifying a couple of areas where you're going to see the highest value based on how they align with the organization's strategic objectives. You're also going to have an impact in addressing what are known pain points for your employees. And you're also going to see a bottom line impact or an ROI on that investment. And starting with those couple of areas as your pilot and build from the success that you have there. Well, you make it sound so simple and sensible and straightforward. It is really very much appreciated you taking this complex topic and distilling it down for us. So thank you, Alina. And thank you, Patrick, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please subscribe to our podcast. And that way you can also get all the previous great episodes as well. Until next time. This has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.